0: This is episode 78 of the Rising Man podcast with Leon Rury. Kamate, kamate, kaora, kaora. Good morning, Rising Man family. Welcome back to the Rising Man podcast. I'm your host, Jetty Azuma, and I've got a very, very special guest for you guys today. Before we jump in, I am pleased to announce our latest event, Call of the Warrior. It's a one-day immersive experience with 100 men. We're going to ignite our masculine power through the ceremonial war dance of the Maori people, the haka. Mark your calendars for Saturday, September 7th in LA. You can register right now at rise.jediazuma.com slash warrior. We've got early bird pricing at just $97 until July 15th. So don't wait to register, fellas. Get in now. Get it while it's hot. And that leads me to my guest for today, the man who is going to be helping to facilitate this event, a man who's been on this show before, none other than the Leon Ruri. Leon is a man that I have known for about a year now, a very inspiring individual. After surviving his own long battle with depression, suicidal thoughts, and his personal rock bottom, Leon has transformed into an advocate for men's mental health issues. He is the founder and creator of When Men Speak and Haka for Life, both organizations that tackle men's mental health issues and well-being, particularly depression and suicide. As Leon likes to say, when I walk in the room, suicide disappears. He is a New Zealander or a Kiwi, for you guys who don't know, living in Australia with Maori roots, which he has connected to in his adult life in order to discover the ancient and powerful practice of the haka, which I am so excited to have him bringing to the States in September. It's going to be incredible. So in this episode, among other things, we talked about what we've lost as a society when men are no longer free to express themselves. We talked about the cost of having men who do not allow themselves to feel and to express emotion. We talked about how most men won't really crack open until they're in a safe, confidential space with other men and how that can be the doorway to greater and greater conversations of vulnerability. We spoke about why we are called to co-create an event where men from all different cultures could learn how to haka, where that idea came from in the first place and why we're so passionate about this cause, how we can learn more by sharing culture and the importance of following protocols to respect sacred traditions, spoke about the use of the word warrior and what it means to be one, especially in modern times where not all of us are going off to battle. And lastly, why it's important to stand for our values and our beliefs without making others wrong. Among other things, you'll hear us talk all about the Call of the Warrior event. So stay tuned. Without further ado, Leon, all right rising man fam i've got a very special guest returning back to the show again my brother leon rury coming in live from perth in australia is that correct you're in perth right now right
1: that's me, Brother Jetty. Uh, part 2.0, the, the second series. I don't know what they call it today. I feel like an iPhone coming back as the upgraded version from a year ago, but I'm coming to you live from cursed in the land down under.
0: Yes, sir, man. So we were just talking before we started recording that it was it was just about a year ago that I reached out to you because I had seen your video that Haka for Life put out from Anzac Day. And I was just, I was like, I got to meet this guy. I got to connect with this man. I got to have him on the podcast. And it was instant connection, and we had the podcast episode right away and now here we are a year later talking about the the haka and the the event that we're going to be working together here in the states you're going to be out here in 2 months exactly 2 months that's crazy i'm excited brother i uh, i've got to learn my american lingo get get up to speed
1: on i'm not sure what what the I don't even know if that's the word they use for lingo or jargon (laughs) or whatever talk they do, but I'm looking forward to experiencing another culture and learning uh, something totally new to me and you know, just seeing what life gives, bro. I love the fact that we're here, as you say, a year later, uh, which shows me that we've been consistent at being our word. And Mm. uh, that's uh, part of the example that we're trying to set in life is to be consistent at who we are and consistent at being our word and to be able to come up to America uh, on Venice Beach. These are only places that, for, for me, for a kid down under, has seen on movies in America. And for those that live in Australia and New Zealand, we're very much influenced by what we see on American television or Netflix is big these days, Mm -hmm. certainly down these ways. And a lot of the perception of what I shaped about America growing up was all about movies. And I remember seeing Venice Beach on on a lot of movies. So I'm just so excited, man, to come up there and experience it myself in the flesh.
0: Yes. Yes, man. All of that. I mean, we're, we're so influenced by what we see. Right? That's, that's a whole nother conversation we get into, right? Especially in this topic of manhood, masculinity, how much of our version of man, being a man and, and owning our masculinity do we get from what we see on TV or in movies and the perceptions that are portrayed through characters and, and storylines. But when you, when you really put feet to the soil and you really get into this space in your life where now I'm a father, now I'm providing for a family. Now I'm working in the workforce, taking care of a community. It looks a lot different than what we see on TV.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, isn't it? You just brought thoughts up about myself. I was just thinking where there's instances where some of these movies that we see in life, whatever they may be, have a man or a male part being a hero or standing up to be inspiring or. Uh, sort of empowering people in different contexts but sometimes I've learned immediately what I thought there was in life. People don't always want you to be that man that stands up and is loud and mm. tries to rip people up or, you know, encourage or empower them. So it's been a, a quite a learning experience. As you say, a father, I'm a father myself. I've got four children of my own, two daughters and two sons and That certainly changed my perception of life and how life came at me and how I deal with things as well as being a single father. My children live with me full time as really learning how to be a greater communicator with them and seeing how for being a male Uh, how that masculine energy was there present in the house and to a lesser degree that feminine energy which is that nurturing energy was absent in the house and me sort of crashing off the walls of life and learning that that's not always effective or just being able to see it and realizing wow, I've got to cause myself to be a a different way to what I have been in life for my children as well to be able to nurture them I'm not trying to fill the role of being their mum because fortunately for my children they still have their mum here which is great and she can be as mums are or, or you know I'm lucky I've got my mum, so they have their grandmother around and they have their aunties as well that are positive influences into their life too. So I'm grateful that that feminine energy is there, but this whole uh, journey of, being a man gets shaped and shifted sort of every day, brother.
0: Yeah. Ain't that the truth, man? And that, that's a really great segue into exactly what we want to talk about here. I already mentioned it in the introduction that we have our Call of the Warrior event happening September 7th down here in Los Angeles, Saturday. You're, you're going to be out here in the flesh, man. So really excited about that. But I want people who are listening, I want the guys who are listening to really understand the birth of this idea. Where, where this where this even came from? Why, why do we think it's so important for men to be able to express themselves? Because we as men have learned, at least I'll say for myself, I've learned that when I see a man expressing himself with his full energy and his full self, his full passion, desire, grief, energy, anger, all of that, all mixed in one, it's seen as something that's dangerous. It's something that's scary. It's something that most people in our society can't handle. So- What are your thoughts about that whole perception of a man fully expressing himself and how that's received by people in our communities?
1: Yeah, look, uh, today, in some ways, it's the most difficult time to be a man in life, I reckon. Mm. Uh, We're so shaped by society's perception of what a man can and can't be. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in expression like you say hey you get a man that's expressive for, for, there's a lot of connotations that men aren't expressive so it's like you need to talk more you don't communicate and that's certainly the space where we come from and getting men to open up and communicate but then if it goes too far the other way then they're like well, well you can't you can't be that way. Yeah, it's not acceptable for a man to to manifest himself in that that situation or scenario. In some ways, I see it almost like a lion. You know, that if a man was a lion, people want the lion to be a lion without being a lion. E.g., he's not allowed to roar. Yeah. You know, and what comes with a lion is is the roar of a lion.
2: Uh-huh. But
1: yet, society in so many uh, areas have men boxed up in a way where, hey, we want you to be a lion, but don't roar. Right. Well, hang on, I, for me to be that, I've got to be every part of being that well we hey we like those certain parts of who you are and what you want to be but we're not really aligned to you being that particular way
0: right and and I want to I want to be clear that this isn't this isn't about poor us because we're 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 responsible for this as well you know we've because we've we've squashed that down we've allowed it to be okay for us not to express ourselves fully and yet I agree with what you said is if if you want the lion then you have to be we have to be ready to receive all of that to take in all of what the lion has, the roar, the the highs, the lows, and, and all of it. And I think there's so many men suffering because we haven't gotten to just be lions. We haven't gotten to just be our, the full spectrum of what a man is. And now we're starting to reclaim that and we're starting to revisit what does that really look like? Because a couple of generations have gone by without us really seeing what that is.
1: Yeah. I, and I love that, brother, that you say that full spectrum of what a what a man is. If we look at sort of the negative impact that men have been where they're destructive where they might uh, hey domestic violence violence against others or anything like that or uncontrolled anger issues that may manifest in relationships or in in community or, or even in their workplaces and in their homes people would say hey that's the manifestation of what it looks like unleashed, or that's a poor representation of men. But what I see in that is that there's part of it when you talk about the full spectrum, if we could use that word as an example of a a measurement as such, is that what's missing inside of that is that ability for men to be able to understand the impact of those behaviours or to have that access to expressing themselves in conversations and contexts like this to talk about our feelings. That's what I noticed for myself is I wasn't equipped in life to know how to articulate myself In this manner, even sitting here as a simple conversation as this is, to be able to talk about my feelings and say, hey, this is what was going on for me in life. And I just didn't know how to say it. How Mm. I would manifest it was, hey, getting on drugs, getting on alcohol and and trying to write myself off, talking shit, being a liar, being a cheater as well in in relationships as a means of trying to deal with what was going on with me. And it had a negative impact on those around me. It had a negative Mm. impact on myself and my relationship, my children, my loved ones. Because I didn't know how to articulate myself in a manner which could avoid that. But yet at the same time, have me express myself in a positive way, much like I do today. I mean, life's a lot different today, but that's what I see is missing. So when people look at that sort of stuff and go, well, hey, here's here's what happens when you you know, men are a particular way that they're angry. But what I would say is that for a lot of those men, there are things that are missing, including conversations like this, mm. including men like ourselves that are, have the ability to articulate ourselves and create conversations like this. I think it's really, really important for us to be able to empower men to be able to be a positive support to society that we continue these conversations. I think there are conversations that uh, only men can have with men. Mm -hmm. It's certainly something that I've learned on my journeys, brother, since we connected last year and creating the first Hucker and down here for an Anzac Day service in Australia and New Zealand, or in the world, in fact. But I've learned a lot from the Aboriginal culture here is that they have things called yarning circles and they have men's only business and women's only business, which is what I loved about your intention and and everything that you're out to create is that these are, are men's circles. And I believe that men, there are conversations that only men can have with men and men have to have
2: mm-hmm.
1: with men. There's a part of us, I suppose, even looking on the spectrum, if we were to measure men's talk is, hey, man, you've got kind of to man up. There's, there's, there's some conversations that we as men have to have uh, directly with our brothers to be able to change the course of their actions, to be able to change the course of their life and where it's heading if it's going to have a negative impact on themselves and others in our society.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, we talk about that a lot, just how important that is, that it's not to isolate ourselves from women. In fact, there's certain conversations that men can only have with each other that breaks the breaks breaks things open to begin with. There, there's some men who are so bottled up, who are so suppressed, so confined within themselves that until there's a safe place amongst men, they're not really free to open up. And there's certain things that will only come out in the safety of that space with men that needs to happen first before a man is, is confident and comfortable sharing himself with in, in other circles. And I think that that's, it may not always be the case, but I have certainly seen a lot of magic come from a man who's never shared anything about himself before, stepping into a circle where men will see him, who will not judge him, and who will provide a space of, of confidentiality so that he knows that I can say anything here, it's not going to leave. That's really powerful.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is, man. And, hey, one of the other things I love too, brothers, when you talk about that that safe space, I see the, the importance and the relevance today to expanding that space where men can I- express themselves and have others to share with and to, to be able to be heard and, and understood. And mm-hmm. how we increase that space is exactly the way that we're doing it now. Right. I'm either holding events or creating podcasts like this, um, having people see a demonstration of what it's like to men to communicate. I had a friend on the weekend, I was doing a course here in Australia and he got quite emotional during the course and and left the room and I went out and spoke to him. He's he's very well uh, credentialed in, in martial arts. He's just about master level in a particular martial art that he does. But he shared with me that He's moved to the city recently, uh, only within the last year. It's a Perth from the east coast of Australia. It probably doesn't give too many people a geographical sense (laughs) if they're in America there, but if you're on one side, he comes from the other side. Which is a long way away.
0: That's a long way away too.
1: (laughs) And it's a long way away here too, Uh in Australia as well. But he said, look, you're the only man that I feel that I can open up to, that I really relate to. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that has come about because of the way that I share and make myself vulnerable Hey, I'm not perfect, but even in not being perfect, I've learned even in there there's expression and freedom in, in my way of being and it and it impacts my well being in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Just to say, hey man, I'm really shit at this at the moment in this area of life, but I'm, you know, really strong at this area and, and the, the the areas where I'm struggling, I, I'm putting structures in place or I'm having conversations or having to recreate stuff all the time mm-hmm. to make sure that I can wake up and be as powerful as I can. But there was the My point was is that he said, look, out of all of these men and people that I've met, I I feel that you're the, the only one that I can relate to. And so we had a conversation around that and even the way that he shares and sees the situation where he had gotten a bit emotional in the room. And I said to him, look, you can go back into that space and share in a safe space because there were women in there as well that, hey, this is what came up for me at that moment uh, when we were discussing that particular topic. And that's a way of expanding on something about yourself that you didn't think you were able to do before we had that conversation. So inside of us sharing, there is for us men that I suppose to a degree, not that we're measuring that we're better than anybody else, but seeing those opportunities where we can actually encourage a brother to then go and have a conversation where he is able to articulate himself and grow in a particular area that he may not have been strong at before that conversation.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's, that's, that's a beautiful story. And, and I've got, I've got a ton of those too of, of men who have shared something similar where I, they don't feel safe until they have that, that, that sometimes it's a one-to-one connection. Sometimes it's a small circle of men, but until that happens, it's, it's like a stepping stone to feeling safer in other contexts. And I think that's actually a really great shifting point because, my belief, my, my assessment of masculine culture, male culture, men's culture, is that we've just learned to bottle things up. All of it, just a, just a broad stroke. We've learned to contain emotion within ourselves and just hold it there. Hold it there because either we haven't learned how to express it or we've tried expressing it at a young age and had some experience where it wasn't safe or we were reprimanded or punished for it or whatever it was, we learned that that was not Okay. In a broad sense, it's socially unacceptable. It's socially unacceptable for a man to be at the full expression of his anger. Now, destructive expression—that's a whole different—that's a whole different story. But I'm just talking about a, like a, a man's ability to go into the middle of his front yard and just scream at the top of his lungs and bang his chest because he's just stressed out. Like that—that has that has, has not—that's not something that's acceptable in society yet. So.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's safe in America at that time at this time to do that as well from what I see on the TV. No way.
0: No way. No, I want to do it, man. If I did it right now, forget it. I mean, I, there'd definitely be somebody calling the cops and and, I, and and rightfully so because so many people here are not accustomed to that. So, part of this conversation is shifting culture, shifting the conversation of what it, what is okay, what is a safe expression, giving people evidence that men can do this and then bring that energy back and and, and find ourselves again. That's, that's a discipline. That's a practice. That's something that all of us can take on individually. And then collectively to be a stand for full masculine expression, that's what we both stand for right now. Because I know for you, you're, a huge part of your mission is putting an end to male suicide. For me, a huge part of my mission is freedom for men. And that includes the freedom to express ourselves fully. And so the, the crossroads of where we've come is this is this singular pathway that says men ought to be able to express themselves and ought to even have n- to know a way, a way to do that. Because instinctually, it's usually screaming at the top of our lungs, beating our chest or breaking something. But then there's things that are more ceremonial, that are more ritual, that are, that are bonding, that have rich culture and meaning and purpose behind it, like the haka, among other things. And so Please speak to that, because that's that's what we're here for.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, I, and the thing I love about you creating that conversation inside of this conversation, brother, is that those, those are sustainable, healthy ways for us to be. Yes. You talk about that destructive behavior of lashing out when you're angry. Hey, we can't sustain it. It's, it's not healthy. It has a negative impact on us. It has a negative impact on those around us as well, too. Mm-hmm. But when we talk about these rituals that we can create, of expressing ourselves in a, in a positive way, it certainly is a lot better for our well-being. I think it shapes the man that we want to be in, in, in the world and in society. And for me, yeah, a huge part of that is the haka. I'm, I'm so blessed, as well as so many other Maori people, Indigenous people to New Zealand, are so blessed that we have the communication form of haka. We are the custodians of haka. And being able to express ourselves so powerfully, so positively, And with every ounce of our energy that we're able to generate, there's certainly a space and a place that has created for me a sense of who I am for myself and who I can be in any particular space. i probably do the haka a few more times than the average person and so too do our crew that are part of my Haka for Life charity down here in the land down under because we get to perform it time and time again. And so too for those people that are in Māori culture groups and kapa haka groups, I know there's a number of them in America too, so hopefully we'll be able to meet some of them. But the practice of doing haka all the time has you be a certain way. And I've noticed that when I, every time I've done a haka and then afterwards you just have this sense of freedom. Maybe it's a chemical that comes up in our bodies or whatever it is, but I, I really love that ability to be able to express myself through the communication form of haka. I've, I've noticed for myself the more and more I've, I've done the haka, the stronger and stronger I've grown my self-belief of who I can be. And who I am in any particular space.
0: That's beautiful, man. And I know the first time that I saw a video of the Haka being performed, it just it completely everything stopped around me. And I think it's also the reason why I have. I think a lot of men we love watching these these hero movies. Whether it's like the, the, the superhero, a little more fantasy style heroes or war movies where we get to see a main character being heroic. And th- there's always that climactic moment where you see the warrior just yelling or giving a really inspiring speech that gets the men to just, rah, you know, to, to experience that energy. Visually, we get to experience that vicariously. through through what we see. And I know when I saw the Hakka perform the first time, it gave me that full body, you know, goosebumps, feeling like, wow, this this is a really powerful thing that I'm getting to witness here. And so recognizing that I didn't have something like that in my life, I still don't have something like that in my life. I'm just wondering, well, what have I been missing? (laughs) <laughs> and what, what are the rest of us men missing that don't have that? Because the best I've got is just my instincts that tell me once in a while I got to scream and beat my chest, usually in my car so that I don't disturb the peace. And then, you know, then it's kind of a, a soft reset. But you know me, I'm a ceremonial guy. I'm a ritual guy. I've, I've studied a lot of indigenous ways and thought of indigenous wisdom. And I know that there's something special and sacred in that. So it's not just loud expression and hitting our bodies right it's tell us more about what haka is really about
1: yeah haka well haka was originally performed as part of war parties and and when those tribes were going to war against each other or, or out to battle, that they would perform the haka. It's a challenge to other parties. For us, if we bring it into the context of standing against male suicide, I haka as a, as a stand and a challenge against suicide, to end male suicide. Mm. Inside of that, how I do that is by fully expressing myself and being able to alter the space through the vibration of haka and mm. my full masculine expression. So that's, in essence, to go back to the, the simpleness of explaining haka, that it was done originally for war parties or to challenge other parties these days though in life and in society and to a degree of what I've seen a matter in which we can use haka is to have men fully express themselves and women as well too women were such a huge part of the haka as well and hey when we look at the essence of life they are the most important part of it because they are the life givers Mm -hmm. without women we just simply don't exist Mm -hmm. so there is to honor women and haka as well too and uh, there's a lot of powerful ladies in in this world that can haka probably harder than men and and maybe that includes myself as well too. (laughs) But being able to use that expression of haka in in this battle where men are being silent is that I want to – Connect them like you're saying, brother, that you don't don't have that now. I mean, we're gonna give an access to those men in America to this form of communication that we as the Maori people are custodians of. to have them connected to a way of being that they never thought that they could be, but that an actual fact exists inside of all of us anyway. Mm. So we're when you talk about feeling goosebumps and and really being moved, that's what we're gonna connect these men to. That's the whole reason why we're coming up to America to teach them the history of the haka, to get them connected uh, about a particular way that they can be and to really have them master how to positively manifest yourself with your masculine energy
2: Mm -hmm. and to
1: be able to alter any space. And one of the things that I've noticed whenever we do haka is that people will often talk about the fact that they had goosebumps and uh, for ladies as well, in particular, what what I've noticed in, in those spaces when ladies have communicated, they've seen it for the first time, is that they initially they they're very, very scared. Mm-hmm. because it's uh, you know the, the vibration of it is so powerful and they're like wow they, they actually come up quite scared and then the longer they stand in that and see these men expressing themselves and that it's not a threat in a way that nobody's advancing to harm them or anything but it's literally a man standing there expressing himself in his fullness is that they then start to become uh, overcome by emotion because they really get Connected to seeing, oh, this is a man in his in his full truest form, really expressing himself in a positive way with everything that he is, and I uh, to speak to to women in particular in the way that they may observe that, I think a lot of them are, are really after that. You know, hey, mm. men, that's what we want to see in our men, right. and they don't see enough of it but to then see it in its truest form, no matter who you are and no matter where you come from. And I say that uh, for all men, that they would look at all men. It's not particular, hey, only this race can can conjure that up or replicate that sort of stuff or be able to perform that way. My experience, and because I've opened it up to men from all different nations, is that it doesn't matter where they come from, ladies really, really connect to it. And then so do men as well. i recently done a haka here to honour a man who's, educating our children in schools across Australia about the impact of synthetic drugs because his son died by taking synthetic drugs. And we went to a ball and we did a, a corroboree and a haka to this man. And a number of men came up to me afterwards and they were in tears. Mm. Growing men, young men, older men, men of all different shapes and sizes. And they said, "Wow, we've never ever seen the haka used in a way to honour honor a man mm. and to honour his cause. And they were just so moved by it. So this is what we're bringing to America. This is what we're going to bring into that space to, to show men and women. The women obviously won't, on this day, and this particular group, won't be performing with us. Well, that's what we think, Getty. This is the power <laughs> of haka yeah. when you've got people that hucker, And hey, there might be people from New Zealand that are there on holiday. There might be local Maori. I know there's a lot of expat Kiwis that live in the Los Angeles areas that once they know that there's a haka on, they'll come and hucker. Yeah and that's all a part of what we're we're teaching and when we go back to that point earlier that i was saying about expanding that space of feeling safe this is what we're going to create as a vibration of men being able to stand with other men and see hey this is a hucker Down under, I call it a haka for life, is a stand for life, for an action, standing together. Mm -hmm. And so what they will see and what they will learn from performing this particular haka is that no matter where they go in the world, if they are to stand up and do this haka, that there are actually other people that may know it and come and stand with them. Mm -hmm. And they may not understand why because they might look at them and go, actually, I don't even know this person, but I'm just going to do this. Mm -hmm. Uh, you You might be honoring somebody and then you know that haka and you'll just stand it's it's the vibration that gets acknowledged in that space in that place
0: well that's the intention let's let's speak to that a little bit because you you just you just brought up a whole bunch of great stuff the first piece is how important it is for men to be seen in this expression and in this way i'm, I'm counting on the fact that there will be that range of responses to what we do there's a reason why we're doing this on Venice Beach, right? Where else in Los Angeles would we do this and and expect to receive the full range of responses to it? People who are extremely emotional, who just get it by feeling it and by seeing it. People who maybe identify that we're doing a haka and they've seen it before and and to be in the the physical experience and witnessing of it to, to really get themselves moved by it. And then people who have no idea what we're doing, who are scared or intimidated, wondering if something Unsafe or insecure is happening and to to let us all be with that. Because if we're really talking about shifting culture, then there's no other way to do that than for everybody to get uncomfortable. Yeah. To declare what we want. We as men, this is for me at least, we are standing for the type of expression we want. And in exchange for asking for that expression, we're taking on the responsibility of containing our energy and not letting this become the destructive male expression masculine expression that it has been and can continue to be if we don't learn how to contain it but doing it in this way where it's very very ceremonious very very sacred very intentional very purposeful and and being seen in that with such a large collection of men i just can't wait and anybody who's anybody who's going to be anywhere near los angeles has to be there for this man i could i could feel it already yeah
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm, Hey, I'm getting excited. I'm just visualizing us there on Venice Beach. I'm gonna. Hey, and all things Maori too. That's my indigenous culture. As we love food too, Jetty, and I heard that there's some, some uh, there's a great seafood chowder that can be had down there at Venice Beach as well. <laughs> so, as well as coming up here to Haka, we inherently have this inbuilt mechanism that has us drawn to food. Yeah. So I'm also looking forward to doing a Haka and then having a big feed afterwards. Well, that's the only way I to do it. I mean, that's
0: that's that's across cultures, right? We we do something <laughs> really big and then we eat to celebrate. That's the only, only the right way to do it. So we'll definitely be doing that. But speaking speaking of which, I wanted to talk about our intention behind this and just the large. A conversation of culture. And with the global community that we have now, there's so much interweaving and, and overlapping of cultures that's happening. So a huge word that gets thrown around is cultural appropriation, right? People taking from other cultures and, and making it their own without permission or without truly honoring those ways there's also this term cultural appreciation which is being able to share and exchange these ideas that have been long standing traditions in in different cultures and different people's backgrounds so that we can really become this blended human culture human race that we are so i know for me i'll just i'll say very transparently to be the steward of an event with a with a ceremonial war dance that I've, I I really don't know very much about other than what I've learned from you and what I've learned from other folks has been very edgy for me because uh, obviously we're doing this in partnership. I talked to you about this offline, so I know you know where I'm coming from, Um, (laughs) but it's, it's been, it's been edgy. It's, I know it's an edgy conversation and anything that we do that starts to walk the lines of, of cultures and things that people really hold sacred is is immediately going to be triggering so so what are your share share your beliefs on how we're how we can be exchanging cultures and what's the, even the, the benefit of that
1: absolutely brother hey and i love i love what it brings up for you you know that like that uh, the, the different sort of mindsets and and your thinking behind it because in some ways the epidemic that i'm so passionate about ending which is male, male suicide or suicide in general Quite often, that's the way that people are around that conversation. when They're not sure about what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. That'll actually have them stopped and maybe not talk about it at all or avoid it. Mm-hmm. I acknowledge you, brother, for even though those things were there present for you, that you went, hey, you know what? I'm still going to create this conversation. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go and dialogue with somebody that uh, may be able to impart some knowledge on that and be able to co-create it with me. My take on it, my personal take on it is like I said earlier that, Māori, who are the indigenous people in New Zealand, we are the custodians of haka. And for me, what I have seen from my culture with the art form of haka is a way to express ourselves in this world today that can save lives. Mm -hmm. That you are right, that other cultures don't have an access to being able to express themselves in this manner and inside of myself connecting to my culture stronger than I ever had before and continuing to, to do that, is that I saw this way of being that actually helped free me and to free my mind and to have me in a better space and a better place than has ever been. Mm-hmm. I'm passionate about our Indigenous cultures because I believe it is an underlying sense for myself that the, the, the health and well-being of our world is connected to our connection or disconnection to the Indigenous cultures of each land. Mm-hmm. And so I am so passionate about us being able to collaborate with other cultures, to go to other countries, to honour the indigenous cultures of those other countries. And part of that, we call it tikanga or protocol in, in the Māori culture, is that as part of our the tikanga, the, the protocols that we have to follow, and these will ex- these exist in all indigenous cultures. That's what that's why there is beauty in learning about these indigenous cultures, because of the alignment and the ceremony and the and the practice of things that you do repetitively to honor things other than yourself, is that we will meet with the Tongva people. They're the Indian, local Indian people of that area. That's right, mm-hmm. isn't it, a brother? That, yep. I think I've got the pronunciation right. But you know, part of those conversations that we've had with you is that it is absolutely paramount that we meet with the, the local custodians, the, the custodians of the land or traditional owners. That Those are different phrases that we use down under. I'm not sure mm-hmm. what they use up there to describe uh, the people of the land. In our culture, we call them the tangata whenua. You know, the people of the land is, is who they are and how I see them. We will meet with them even before we have this event. And host this event we we as indigenous culture as an indigenous culture can't just go into somebody else's land and practice who we are and, and what we do and without honoring them because it is their land it is their space and mm-hmm. that's another part of this journey for myself on a personal level i've always had this connection for american indians or in america actually too for myself is that i've always felt that I, there's something for me in america much like there has been in Australia that when I was a teenager at high school, I remember being in a particular classroom and I just had this really strong sense that I would live in Australia and I just knew that I was going to be there for many years. Mm. It is the same thing that I've held in, inside myself for America too. And I remember getting a, a little a jersey, uh, the San Diego Chargers. I never forgot them. So that's <laughs> my team. I got them at a primary school. They had the lost and found and nobody had claimed the shirt for a while. So I did. And I became a San Diego charger um, and I've never forgot that place. And, you know, but this connection to the, the American Indians, I just love their vibration, man. I, lo- I love who they are and I want to come and learn and to, to be able to come and honor them and to, uh, to share with them what we want to bring to their land that we're not there to dishonor them in any way. That we are there as a stand with them and for them, and mm. and to learn from them, if we can be able to create something that has a positive impact on on their land, mm. um, then I'm just so grateful to be a part of that. And further to this conversation about what's culturally appropriate, there are people, uh, no doubt, brother, that that don't align to me. Uh, going around the world and teaching people haka. To a degree, that has changed a lot, especially in New Zealand, and a lot of that has to do with the success of our rugby team in New Zealand, which is the national sport, the All Blacks. And the the All Blacks are made up of uh, different nationalities, even though they're from New Zealand. There's lots of non-Māori that actually play for the all blacks Mm -hmm. however the haka is performed on every occasion that the all blacks play or or take to the field and in fact uh, that's sort of a thing that a lot of the national sporting teams in New Zealand have taken on through the expansion of our culture and the acceptance of our culture Mm -hmm. in society today so that when I look at people or or have conversations with people that may not agree fully with what I do for me like I say I'm a custodian of of this art form haka being Māori. And I want to use it as a, a tool and a way to help men and to help humanity uh, connect to a way of being that they never thought that they could, but in actual fact, it was always inside of them. So Good. it's something that I truly believe that we can take around the world and, and share with anybody, anywhere, anytime, as long as our protocols are respected, as long as we respect the protocols of the lands that we step into as well.
0: Right. And, and that's the key word for me. The key context is respect and, and honoring. Because these are sacred traditions. These are sacred ways that a lot of folks have fought for, that have died for, to preserve their rights, to preserve their ways. And I'm not just talking about Maori culture. I'm talking about all indigenous peoples, all ancient peoples whose traditions have survived for millennia, at some point had been, their, their way of being has been threatened. Especially, I'll, I'll speak to the ones that I know closest is our, our native peoples here in the Americas whose ways of being have been challenged and tried over and over again. So I understand the, the protectiveness around these ways. And, and similar to what you said, that different people hold it in different ways. There's, there's a lot of people who are very open to teaching and sharing their ways. And there's still a lot of folks who, who are, are not ready to do that, who, who, are prote- who protect it, who guard it for, for themselves and for their people. And I'm not one to say if one way is right or wrong, I I know that it's my belief that if we really want to solve global issues, then we have to truly embrace each other as brothers and sisters. And that means creating a truly global community. And a truly global community has no boundaries. We have no lines. We don't draw differences and delineations between each other. We just continue to be who we be. I share with you the best of what I know. You share with me the best of what you know. And that's how we continue to grow together. And that's the opportunity I see here is... Again, it's going to make some people uncomfortable, just the fact that we've got a guy who's originally from New Zealand, coming from Australia, teaching us a Maori tradition on American soil. That's, that's not something you see every day. And yet, it's exactly what we need, in my opinion, to come up against these greater global issues that we're having. You know, yeah. poverty, climate change, economy, war, all of that stuff is only going to be resolved when we're truly working together.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're so right, brother. And and here's something in the background of all of that that I've learned about suicide. Mm. It does not discriminate. Mm -hmm. It does not matter where you're from, who you are. It does not matter your social status or anything like that. What culture, whether you've got money in the bank or you haven't, whether you live in a home or you don't, suicide does not discriminate. It's out to take anybody, anywhere, anytime. So if that doesn't discriminate, any time that I discriminate, um, in any situation or conversation when we're making a stand against suicide, we lose. I lose. Mm. Those people that I'm standing for lose. Hence the reason why I say, hey, I want to come to this land and bring this culture of mine. I truly believe that by not discriminating and being able to share that with human beings that we can save lives.
2: Mm.
1: I'm not there to dishonor, to discriminate against the, the, the Indian people or non-Indigenous people of that land. It's yeah, there to share as one. I'm yeah. bringing the intention forth to save life. Mm. It's not to end life in any way. And sometimes that's what people can forget. We get caught up on all these, uh, I suppose, uh, don't sweat the small stuff. Right. I, I don't know whether that's an express. Do they use that in America, brother? Yeah, don't yeah, yeah. The small stuff. Oh, yeah, that's, that's an, an oldie, an oldie but a
0: goodie.
1: <laughs> oldie, but a goodie. Oh, that's another one we use down here, too. I like that one as well.
0: Yeah, we're not <laughs> so different, you and well I.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, hey, learning that we're all the same. See, that's what happens when you don't discriminate, you get to understand each other better. Yeah, you know, but that's that's the fight behind all of this is to be able to connect us with each other and to each other. And in and in seeing this, and when we talk about men from different cultures, hey, men and women doesn't matter whether we're American, Australian, New Zealand, or where we're from.
2: uh,
1: At the essence of everything, we're we're the same. Mm. I'm sharing a conversation with you about suicide or about an event that we're creating to have men express themselves. Why? Because we're suffering the same impact in this society and the way that this world's created today. Mm. Uh, That's why I'm so passionate about the Indigenous cultures as well. There is absolutely an access to the well-being of our planet by connecting back to the indigenous cultures and understanding them. And this is another part of the conversation, especially for those indigenous people that uh, really, really want to guard what we have. And when we look at the impact of colonization around the world, a lot of those things, and especially something that I've learned in Australia, the reason why they didn't want to share their cultures is because they lost so much of it. It was taken, Mm -hmm. it was destroyed their way of being, but more so now today, I see a world that's actually open to understanding more about the indigenous cultures and their protocols and their ways, because a lot of people don't know a lot about them. However, what I'm finding is that when we express and share our indigenous cultures in a way that we can articulate them because we're being educated and trained to be able to uh, deliver communication in a particular way that non-indigenous people understand, once they are connecting to these indigenous cultures, Well, they're seeing an access to a way of life, a a way of learning protocols that is absolutely of a positive benefit to them. And in some conversations, it's even recreating or rewriting what they thought was the history of these indigenous cultures and the types of people that they were, e.g. savages or you know, people that weren't mainstream society or they were negative sort of concepts that they're actually seeing the opposite of that, which mm-hmm. I know is another whole different conversation, which I'm up for any other time as well too.
0: <laughs> yeah, it sounds like we're sizing up a part three already. I, I, another year from now or something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we, we might be in like a Netflix series here, brother. We come back with us, you know. Yeah, a part, year from now, who
0: knows, man. The, 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 the documentary about our journey is going to be out there. But before we start to yeah. wrap up this conversation, because obviously we can go on forever about this 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 dialogue that we're having i want to share a story and then i want to get some of your insight on this so yeah great so we launched the we launched the event last week and got a tremendous tremendous response to what we're doing men women all all people all over the world in fact we've got multiple men who are flying from outside of the country to be here for the event i don't know if i even told you that yet but so clearly the impact has has made some ripples already just in the past week and along with that, there has also been a smaller cohort, but definitely responses of people coming at what we're doing. And um, one that really caught my attention was there was a guy, I won't mention his name, I don't want to put him on blast, but he made some sort of comment about, you're using, because since our event is called Call of the Warrior, he said, you're using the word warrior very liberally. And I just kind of wrote back and said, hey, man, you're free to think whatever you want. And something about that triggered this whole this whole dialogue between the two of us and what essentially came through is he said you've never been to war you don't know what it is to be a warrior and I and my r- response was are we saying that t- in order to be a warrior and everything that a warrior is represented across generations we've got to send our young men off to battle so they they can fight and kill somebody is that is that what we want to do is that, is, that, is that what we're asking for? Or is a warrior the man who's fighting to feed his family every single day? Or the man who's fighting himself out of the darkest, deepest hole of depression so he can find the light again and be of service in his life? Or the man who has a big vision for the world and wants to, you know, to, to make a huge impact on the planet, is that not a warrior? So just because the nature of our event and what we're doing, and because I believe so much in this warrior archetype that... Uh, as a, as, a, as a foundation, as a pillar of masculine energy and power. What are your thoughts about using this word warrior and what it, what it really means and how it's applied in modern times where not every man is expected to be a warrior or a killer in the traditional sense of the word.
1: Yeah, I got you, brother. Uh, I suppose, in some ways, it's down to each individual's interpretation of what it is. Most certainly, I can see what you were saying there in the conversation with the brother that's ex- expressing the way that he sees a warrior, which is you uh, haven't been the war. Uh, what came up for me immediately was sort of. Uh, the flex of male ego to a degree without being disrespectful there, but it's, hey, mine's is bigger than yours or, um, you know, comparing you haven't done this and I have done this sort of stuff. And mm-hmm. when, when I look at the the thing that we're committed to here is to, is to totally d- disappearing that sort of uh, mindset right. to a degree that it doesn't matter. I can stand there. Hey, you're going to stand on Venice Beach with me on, on September the 7th and you're going to perform a haka with me. And I can promise you right now, even before setting foot in your land, that there is nothing about my way of being, nothing in my thought process that has me think that I'm any greater than you or that I'm any less than you or in fact that you are greater or less than me Mm -hmm. because you you haven't done this part of my culture or what we're about to express. Rather, it's an opportunity for me to be able to connect with a brother and to be able to share life. Mm -hmm. That what you bring, is something that I can learn from and and what I bring is something that you can learn from. Mm-hmm. And to a degree brother I think that's the focus of why we're expanding these circles most certainly for me as well too because I see that that mindset of hey you're you're not better than me or because you haven't done this means you don't have the credentials or you you're not a warrior it doesn't benefit us you know in the longer scheme of life or even inside of our relationships in life right. because I have no doubt that the minute that that person or that man or, or myself, or if I use that as a measurement that I'm good at something or not good at something, the moment that I feel vulnerable and I'm not able to maybe source the, the, the experience or to justify why um, I'm participating in this or why I want to do that, and the, the minute that I'm not able to do that and it disempowers me, what we're seeing in life is that men are taking their lives.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That is enough for a brother to cancel himself out of this, this game that we call life. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're out to to really transform. Hey, I've seen when you spoke about the different ideologies of, of what a warrior is, most certainly people could relate to those. And I think they're all valid in the same way that, like the brother saying about going to war, man, that, that would take a warrior to go to war and to fight for his country. And I know patriotism is, is massive in America, especially around the military service and. And what goes on up there, or, you know, what goes on in other lands. Mm-hmm. And so that is not to take away from how he sees a warrior is. I, right. I can understand to a degree, you know, what he's saying. But at the same time, I also see an opportunity for us as brothers and as men to men to have a conversation and say, hey, brother, yep, that's cool. I haven't, me personally, I haven't been a war, but I hey, I played a a sport called rugby league or rugby union down here where we don't use pads (laughs) and and you're going up against men and it's felt like I'm going to war. And most certainly what makes us strong as New Zealanders in in that context, when it comes to physical stuff is connected to our Maori culture as well, Mm. is that it is a test of a man against another man that you are coming in to squash my mana, my power, my essence of who I am. So I am in fact in a, in a war of the mind against another man that may manifest in the physical. So we've got a war against suicide that I'm a warrior in. Mm-hmm. I'm a stand in that in that space and so many others. There's the other warrior too, brother, that, that, that is an interpretation of life too. The warrior uh, about whether you can pay the bills. Mm-hmm. I've been one of those warriors many times as well too. That's a different context, the warrior. Sure. Yeah. But it's, it's, yeah, look, I suppose it's, it's point of view, it's people's interpretation and experience I, I don't think necessarily that he's wrong in what he's saying, but I, I can definitely see an opportunity for a conversation for all of us mm. men to come together and to have this conversation. Hey, what is a warrior? Yeah. Maybe, maybe this this conversation that we're having now, there'd be people in life that would say, actually that's a warrior conversation. That, that two men can have a conversation about not making others wrong, um, about seeing other people's pointers of views and, and, and understanding it and saying, actually, yeah, look, you, you, you're not wrong, but there's some other ways that we can see this as well. There's other examples of how men are warriors. Mm-hmm. And it's totally up to us at the end of the day too, how we use a word, I suppose, there's, to a degree to be responsible about it. But for me personally, I don't have any issue in the way that the is being used in this context to create this event and to have people come. In fact, I think it's an opportunity for people to see and to judge for themselves whether we're using that context liberally or in a way that's disempowering,
0: right? Yeah, I hundred I, percent I agree, and I, I bring that to the table because of the what you reduced it to, exactly what it was is what why why spend energy challenging who someone is or is not? That' I, I don't even believe that that's not that's my role because every man unto himself has his own right to to say and declare who he is and stand in his own truth. And one of the greatest things we do for each other as brothers is we push up against each other. And that's why I was, I invite that because it, if nothing else, it, it helps me, it helps test the foundation of how confident I am in myself as a man. Just the same way that I would do that for another brother who wasn't so certain in himself that needs to be pushed up on. But I think you also hit a, hit a really important point too, is that as men traditionally or historically, we, we've, We've, we've had this underlying competition where I've got to best the man next to me in order to survive, in order to keep going forward. And I just don't think that that's, that's a conversation that serves us anymore. I think competition is useful, but not in the sense of trying to better or best another man.
1: Yeah, and you're right. Too. It's not a conversation that serves us anymore. But for me as a man I could totally relate to that's how I would exist in life as well too brother mm-hmm. this constant measure about uh, whether I'm good enough or you know is the, is the next man better than me I've had a couple of relationship breakdowns and uh, you know inside of those I, I wasn't chosen as the man that, that those women wanted to be with mm-hmm. and so there was a whole lot of dialogue and conversation about myself to myself and, and whether I was a, a man whether I was good enough and I really believe that that's a huge part of what's going on for men today. Mm. Is this conversation about me not being good enough, being excluded, not being of a particular culture. I can't because I'm a particular color. Yes. I can't because I'm a particular ethnicity. And that's what I love about what we're creating is that that it's inclusive. And like I said, my point earlier about hey, when suicide doesn't discriminate and we do inside of any conversation, we're, we're losing. Mm. The cost of being right about another person equals death.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What do you get out of it? Mm. By continuing to fuel it and to continuing to remain right. You know, for me, it's like, fuck that, man. You're going to kill somebody. <laughs> I don't want to be that way in life. Yeah, are there differences in who we are as humans? Absolutely. But just because I don't understand it doesn't make them wrong and doesn't give me the right to be right. Mm. But there's an opportunity for me to look at myself and go, "Wow, maybe that's an opportunity to learn from my brother," as opposed to the way that you pointed out to brothers in many circles of man is to exclude, is to dominate, is to put down, is to isolate, Mm -hmm. is to interrogate, Mm -hmm. you know, to disseminate all of these things that just cause separation ultimately, and just have a have a person be disempowered and be be belittled and not honored. Yeah, we can choose to do those things, but they don't serve us. You're, you're 100% right. They no longer serve us, man. Our, our fathers are dying. Our sons are dying. Our, our brothers are dying. Our nephews are dying. Our grandfathers are taking their lives. Our friends' children are no longer here because in some of these conversations in life, we're right about something. Mm. And that's why I'm so passionate about bringing this. Like, fuck that, man. You're killing people. They're you know, like, get connected to your way of being just to be right. Mm. You know, when you're right, then what is there to do you? You're going to kill somebody just to be right, man. Mm. Come on. Mm. And so when we bring Haka into that space, man, it's a vibration that disappears all of that. And you get connected to a vibration of how powerful humans can be when there is no discrimination there. And that's why I can't wait to come to Venice Beach and share that with the world, brother. I'm getting excited. But that. hey, that's how we roll. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what there is. There's sometimes there's men to speak to men and to speak to those conversations and those, those spaces and those places. And hey, I'm one of those men. I'll declare myself as one of those men. Send me, I will go. You don't know how to have the conversation, send me. I declare myself as a warrior for life. Send me. Venice Beach needs you there. I'm going. I'm going to go. I'm not one to sit down and worry. Neither are you. Mm. No, neither are other men that are listening to this. This is a conversation that is speaking to anybody that's listening. It's to empower humanity, empower men and women to stand up, not to make somebody wrong, but just to stand up for life. Say sometimes there is a fight for life that goes on in simple language. To me, that's, that's a warrior conversation. That's being a warrior when a man and a woman stands up and has conversations like this to stand for life. Mm. Yeah, man. And nobody has to raise a gun in and inside of that conversation. Mm. Nobody needs to bear a weapon mm. that can cause another physical harm. It can all be created and recreated simply through language.
0: Yes, man. Yes. I, I love what you uncovered there. It's something that's really working me right now is why would we work so hard to get connected to our beliefs just so that we could be right or just so that we could make everything else wrong? what what is the use of that what is the use why why not be simplify it to what you said to be so strong and so convicted in our beliefs that we stand for them but not to make anything not to make everything else around us wrong but simply to stand for what we believe and to not make not 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 even to involve the rest of it to allow the rest of it to be but to put our energy not towards making things wrong but towards feeding what we believe in what we stand for because underneath that then we don't waste energy battling against each other we just keep serving the beliefs and the values that we believe in you don't have to protect that i think any, anybody who has to make a stand for what we believe in and tell people that this is the right way it ultimately comes back to some level of insecurity of maybe this isn't the right way maybe maybe it, maybe yeah. i don't know but you know there, there's something about that that I, I think of the the martial arts masters you know who they're depicted as these these older, grayer, smaller men who are very soft-spoken, who don't need to say anything. Who don't need to disturb the energy around them because they know who they are. They know who they are. Doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. They could walk down the street and somebody call them old man or tease them for being short or for not, you know, for speaking funny, but they don't care. They don't care. That That stuff doesn't matter. Instead that they're focusing and directing their attention and their energy towards what they believe in and what they know to be true. And I believe that that's the journey that so many of us men are on right now is not looking outside of ourselves to be validated, not looking outside of ourselves for someone to say you are good enough, but to just trust and know within myself that I am good enough. I am I am great in who I am and what I believe and what I fight for. And for, I want for every man to have that. I want for every man to have that. Because when we reach that point, bro, suicide ain't going to be the thing anymore. We're going to have to find something else. We're going to have to find something else, man. When we've got men who feel strongly and confident about who they are and a way to give back to this world, suicide ain't a thing. That's my belief. Yeah, 100%. And are
1: you, it's the reason why it's not a thing anymore is because it's being disappeared.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because it's a, suicide is preventable. Mm-hmm. It's not something that's terminal. Right. So this is how you prevent it. This is how you disappear it.
2: huh. Yeah. This
1: is how it has no access to exist, simply through language. That's a wow, man.
2: Hmm.
1: Now we got, we got so much, uh, they've got so much help and education and all that uh, these days in life, so much more resources that are put to ending suicide, yet it's at its highest rate hmm. uh, in the world than ever. Yeah. And, and we're missing these simple things of, hey, how about we don't discriminate? Hmm. You know, what does it look like when we don't discriminate and we can create a clearing and a space for us just to be for you to come as you are and me to come as we are. Mm. But there is for us to be able to, to learn how to communicate more powerfully together
0: mm-hmm. hmm.
1: and, and to cause that connection. And that's what we're out to cause. This, this is all about connection, brother, ultimately.
0: That's what we're doing. It's happening. September 7th, it's ha- Venice Beach, 100 men. <laughs> I've seen it, man. I've had dreams about it. It's going to be incredible. Every man who's listening, even if you're not from L.A. or California – you got to get your butt here. I just, I just got had a guy yesterday who booked his ticket. He's coming out from Bali to be here for one day. So there's no excuses for oh, any wow. guys out there, man. It's, it's this, this is going to be, this is going to be a really powerful event, really powerful day, really powerful exchange of culture. I had, I had these questions I was going to ask you at the end. I ain't even going to ask you, man, because you just, you just totally got us where we needed to go. Yeah. In this conversation.
1: That's what we're bringing, brother. This, you know, for all those people that are going to listen to this podcast, that's. That's what we're bringing. That's who I am. That's who we are. The crew that I'm bringing from Perth. Such a stand for life. Such a stand for humanity. Connecting so that we can all enjoy life and experience life in the way that we wake up to dream about and want to experience life as. And um, I can't wait, man. I can't wait to meet uh, American people. I do have one question, brother. Yeah. And this is a part of my like. We're going back to the start. My how I shaped. My experience on America was watching television down under and I used to watch this show called
0: That's Incredible. And I was a sort of a, I, do you remember that show in America? That's incredible. I feel like I recognize it when you, they, you say it. They used it, to but... do some,
1: people would do different amazing things and I'd say, that's incredible and I'd give you some um, facts about it or something, you know, some background information. And they always had this thing called the zip code. Uh I I remember that in America that's always stuck with me and they'd say I come from Venice Beach Los Angeles Venice Beach or however you guys say it always Uh you say it anyway (laughs) Um, and then they would give the zip code do they still have zip codes in America?
0: oh that's how we do it everybody's got a zip code that's that's like how you find out what what Regional location you're in, what what, what your mailing address oh, well, is, so, zip code, yeah. <laughs> okay,
1: I'm, I'm going to ask you then. How about you create September the seventh with uh, at Venice Beach with the zip code and the area? How they do it because I've always <laughs> this is like a little internal boy thing for me. I've always loved how the Americans say that. I come from Sacramento, and somebody in the crowd goes, yay, you know, like, hey, I come from Minnesota and I'm just remembering names that I remember and somebody, yay, so (laughs) I'm sure there's somebody that's going, I'm from Los Angeles, Venice Beach, Los Angeles, they're going to be rooting for it, Uh, but ultimately, hey, I want you to create it in a way that has everybody there to experience something that we can all experience together, we're going to all create this together. Yes, bro. And that's my commitment. What was shared today on the podcast is the commitment. I know that I speak on behalf of my brothers and sisters that I'm coming uh, from Australia with. Um, That's the vibration that they are and who we are as a stand for life and to be able to connect them. And we're looking forward to meeting them just as they
0: are to meeting us. Yes, 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 yes. All right, man. Before we wrap it up, you guys can go and, and follow Leon on Facebook, Leon Ruri, R-U-R-I. But tell us, where, what is the the website? Where can people go find out what you're doing with Haka for Life and, and also support you guys and, and give to your cause? Maybe maybe just tell us a little yeah. bit more about that and where we can find it.
1: Yeah, hakaforlife.org.org. So, www.huckleforlife.org. If you want to, I've got some room for some more Facebook friends there. Leon Ruri, R-U-R-I, on Facebook. Mm -hmm. I'm on Instagram. I'm still trying to learn these social media things. I'm (laughs) also (laughs) creating some stuff for myself too, which is uh, LeonRuri.com, which I'm. Uh, in the process of I'll have a website up and I I want to um, also create myself in other areas of life too brother but most definitely my Haka for Life charity down in the land down under we've got a whole heap of people that are committed to having conversations like we are created today and being such a stand for life and using the art form of Haka to be able to express ourselves so if you want to look us up on uh, the internet at uh, huckerforlife.org, you can donate to us we want to be able to create programs inside of schools here in Australia which I'm not too far away from doing with a couple of high schools here Year. we want to be able to run youth programs and to also honor our Anzacs in the land down under uh, Anzac day is such a huge day it's to commemorate a, a day many many years ago in world War one where we Australia and New Zealand suffered a huge loss of life in the in Turkey in the, in the land over an Anzac Cove as it was uh, named by the Turkish for us and we commemorate that day on April the 25th every year and Haka for Life and corroboree for Life, my brother Ash Penfold, we've created the, the only Haka and corroboree that exists to commemorate that day in, in the world. And we're so passionate about causing that to exist everywhere. So that's where our connection and our commitment to ending suicide comes uh, jointly together with indigenous cultures. I'm hoping, brother, that this visit to America can be the first of many for us to be able to not only bring Haka there, but also uh, to be able to introduce corroboree in that land and to be able to join the Indian culture as well too, because I know and I look forward to learning so much from the Indian culture of America too. I just, that's a vibration that's on another level too, that I look forward to to connecting to and to making that a part of my being as well while I'm in that land.
0: Mm. Awesome, my bro. Well, make sure you guys go and check out the Haka for Life website. Make sure you guys donate and support what Leon's doing. They're doing some incredible things down under. And now it's about to be international right now. In in two months from now, Haka for Life is going international. So make sure you guys come out on September 7th down in Los Angeles. The link for the event will be in the show notes. But if you want to write it down right now, it's at rise.jediazuma.com slash warrior. Get all the information about what we're up to. And hey, my man, I'm going to see you in... Less than two months now, and we're going to be doing it. It's amazing!
1: Wow, incredible, brother. Hey, I, I honour you. Um, I acknowledge you. Uh, I, um, hey, I get emotions. <clears throat> I, I remember the, the first time that we spoke, and we just had this, you know, this connection. I hadn't, I still haven't yet to meet you in person in the flesh, but um, I just had these emotions about that come up when we started. Creating conversations about coming to America and connecting to, to this stand for men. You know, it only comes up for me now. But thank you, thank you. you know, because of you, I, I'm about to um, realize a childhood dream for me. And you know, it's just so special and, and honourable for you to be who you are. You're a dedicated father, and I follow your wife on on Facebook as well. Uh, I follow your wife on her journey and what she does, and it's just incredible. the the contribution that you both are to humanity and that you both are to your children, to the example that you are for men, to be greater men and to be greater fathers. Thank you so much for for being consistent at being your word and who you are as a vibration in our world, brother. I I so look forward to meeting you in the in the flesh and giving you a big brotherly hug and then to be able to come there and honor you to create the greatest Haka that has ever been on Venice Beach, not as a way of being better than anybody else, but as the manifestation of the commitment that we are to humanity and to the lives of men and to disappearing male suicide. Mm.
0: Ah, wow. Thank you, bro. I really received that. Thank you for such a genuine, genuine expression. I really I really feel your heart in that. And, and yeah, man, I could say the very same for you, just for being the type of man that you are, for being the stand that you are, for being a man who does whatever it takes, who's willing to say yes. And, and for the trust that you have in me to, to do this, to, to come together, to come on the podcast, to come out to Los Angeles and to create something powerful together, you're making your dream come true. You're really you're the one doing it, man. I, I'm just I'm just an instrument that's helping you along the way, and, and we're doing it together, man. So deeply honor you, right back in return, and um, I can't wait to I can't wait to see you, man. We're gonna we're gonna be doing this thing in just a few short weeks here. Yeah, yeah look, get there, come on, people, get there. I want to meet you. I want to meet all,
1: <laughs> as many Americans as I can. I'm getting excited again. And, yeah, I, I, hey, I'm just. Yeah, it's just mind blowing. And I know the people were bringing it just as excited, man. It's a great opportunity. I, I could talk about this all day, every day. I could talk until the day that I arrived there, but <laughs> let's get this podcast done, brother, so our people can connect to it and share it. And, and you know, for those people that are listening to this and you're thinking about, maybe wanting to know about another culture, I encourage you with everything that I am to just make the choice, you know, register, get yourself there, have conversations with friends. You know, If you don't think you can get there by yourself and you might need a friend, get there and come there and be with us. As you've seen through our conversation, there's no discrimination. That is not who you are, how you are, or where you're at in life. Come. It's just as much uh, a contribution for you to be there for me as I am for you. And for us together, we can create something that we can Um, have have as a wonderful memory there on Venice Beach. It'll be something that I will never, ever forget. And, hey, same for my children. I've got children that'll be here in Australia, but they'll be able to talk about a time when their father went and what a great memory as a father for us to be able to create those sorts of opportunities for our children to talk about and to create those positive vibrations in the world. So get there, people. Get there, man. It'll be great to meet you, and I look forward to learning the zip code (laughs) venice beach los angeles as well too while i'm there
0: i'm gonna have to look it up man i i I don't know it off the top (laughs) of my head i know my zip code but it ain't anything close to venice beach you guys heard the man get yourself registered get yourself signed up we want as much support from the men to be there to join us and especially the women to be there on venice beach at sunset on september 7th you won't be able to miss us so if you're hearing this and you're saying i want to see this then be there on the beach, sunset—it's going to be happening. But listen, brother, I love you so much. I'm looking forward to receiving you out here, welcoming you to the states. Yeah, I, I don't even know what else to say, man. I'm, I'm ready to do it right now. Can you come out tomorrow and we'll go? We'll we'll get this started.
1: <laughs> I'm there. I'm there. Yeah, yeah. Love it. Love it.
0: All right, let's my bro. do it, brother. Beautiful. All right, my bro. Be well. We'll see you soon. Man, I had so much fun recording this episode with Leon, and it was—it's always incredible to see him just go off go go from straight from the heart he's a man who speaks very freely from his heart and especially in the last third of that episode leon was just leaning in hard to his truth and i hope you guys really got to feel that all this conversation about what we're really here for our mission to serving men serving the masculine voice to end depression to end suicide to create a world where men are free to express themselves that's what this is all about what this is about. And so I hope you guys get value from this episode. I hope you're inspired to join us on Saturday, September 7th. Go ahead and get your early bird tickets right now for Call of the Warrior. Head over to rise.jettyazuma.com slash warrior. The early bird pricing is only until July 15th. So make sure you get on that ASAP, get your spot reserved, get your early bird discount. And uh, we look forward to seeing all y'all there. As always, check out the links for show notes and resources at therisingmanpodcast.com that's where my man Julian Subic has been putting up information for each and every episode so you guys can follow these amazing men and women who've been coming on this show and links and references we make in the episode are also cataloged there so make sure you guys go check that out Julian's doing an incredible job with all that as always please subscribe or follow us on the podcast app of your choice leaving reviews leaving comments five star ratings if we deserve it please 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 we're making a huge concerted effort right now to get more ratings and reviews for the rising man podcast among other things to help us rise the charts and keep going up and up and up so more men hear about us but also when we get more ratings and more reviews we get the attention of more and more high caliber guests to be on the show not to take anything away from the guests who've already been on here but i'll tell you guys straight up there's some people who will only come on this show when they see that we've got hundreds of reviews so if you want to hear from some of the top of the heat type of fellas out there then please leave those reviews leave those ratings We greatly appreciate everything that you guys have to say and share about the podcast. Check us out on Instagram at Rising Man Podcast. Rowan Tyne, my man at Rowan Tyne on Instagram has been hooking us up with all the IG graphics and clips from every episode. Appreciate the work you're doing, my brother. Make sure you guys give us a follow and share the IG account with your friends so we can keep growing. Shout out to Sean Offenbach at Infinite Melodics, at Infinite M-E-L-O-D-I-X. That's his Instagram handle. He is, his dance card's filling up, fellas, everybody. Ladies, everyone out there, he's he's getting busier and busier, uh, which is a wonderful thing. Props to you, Sean, for everything you're doing, man. But if you guys have any needs when it comes to your personal branding, or especially with your audio engineering, editing a podcast, whatever type of ventures you're into sean is your man and he's a hard-ass worker so make sure you guys hit him up on instagram at infinite melodics and last but not least to round out my power team my man mark rose who has been serving incredibly as the leader of the fire circles making sure everybody who's coming in gets welcomed in posting the times, making sure that that whole community is well taken care of so that we keep building that fire if you guys are not yet a part of the fire circles make sure you check that out you can support us and join us in the fire circles by going to Patreon dot com slash rising man signing up for the thirty three dollars a month get access to our private facebook group private facebook community monthly calls all the good stuff to keep this rising man crew growing all right that's all i got to say for this episode until next time rise up and claim your destiny